I'm Jethro Jones from Transformative Principle, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure you check out the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. Again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Reimagined Schools podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. I'm your host, Greg Goins, and we're going to do something a little different with this episode as I'm thrilled to launch our very first simulcast as I join forces with Jethro Jones, a National Digital Principal of the Year, who's also the founder and host of the very popular Transformative Principal podcast. In this episode, Jethro and I will join forces to talk about a wide variety of topics, including the success of his podcast, Transformative Principal, and also his work as a middle school principal in Fairbanks, Alaska. The Transformative Principal, which you can find at transformativeprincipal.org, is one of the most popular podcasts available for educators. It is now celebrating its fifth anniversary. So big congratulations to Jethro and all his work over the years in leading the charge to reimagine schools. Jethro is also leading efforts in his school district to create a new K-12 magnet school. So this simulcast gives us an opportunity to share some ideas and reimagine what future ready schools should look like as we plan for a new generation of digital learners in our classrooms. As you can tell folks, I'm a big fan of Jethro Jones and his podcast. You want to be sure to follow him on Twitter at Jethro Jones. And again, you can find this episode either on my website at reimagineschools.net or at transformativeprincipal.org. This was a lot of fun, and I certainly want to thank my friend Jethro Jones for taking the time and making it happen. This episode, the simulcast between Reimagine Schools and Transformative Principal, begins right now. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Reimagined Schools podcast. Have a very exciting opportunity for you. For all of our loyal listeners, this is our very first simulcast as we bring in Jethro Jones from Transformative Principle. And Jethro, we're going to try to do this show together today. Yeah, I'm excited, man. Let's do it. I have been a fan of yours for a long time. And let me begin first by saying congratulations. I know you just celebrated your fifth uh, year anniversary for Transformative Principle. That is amazing. There are a lot of people out there in this market putting out educational podcasts, but to make it for five years is truly special. So kudos to you. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. It, uh, I was so nervous when I started that nobody would ever agree to come on. And now uh, this is episode 267 for me. So it's just been Awesome. I actually have not missed a week in that entire five years of releasing a new podcast. That is unbelievable. And, and you know, we, we've kind of talked about this before. There are a lot of people out there uh, creating podcasts. It seems like everybody wants to have a podcast today. And that's great because I think there's room for all of us. Uh, but that magic number in my mind is always kind of 100. If you make it to 100 episodes, you may be able to build an audience and have a little staying power. And you've certainly mm-hmm. done that. 
Well, yeah, it certainly, uh, certainly feels that way. And I'm just really grateful for anybody who is listening that, um, they're sticking around and they're, um, still listening after all this time and for new people coming on, it's awesome that they can still discover it and, and have that opportunity. Yeah. So this is kind of a special treat for my listeners, uh, hopefully as well as uh, your listeners to kind of combine forces here. Uh, your day job, uh, you're a middle school principal in Fairbanks, Alaska, and you've been a school leader for quite some time and have had great success as a digital principal of the year in 2017 with the, uh, National Association of Secondary School Principals. So you have a, a sterling record of achievement, and uh, you know hopefully we can learn about what you're doing in your school. Um, you have a very exciting opportunity. You're designing a new K-12 magnet school, and I can't wait to jump in and talk to you about that. Yeah, I'm really excited about that because um, I really am trying to change school from the inside out. Um, I believe in public education. I think that it's the right thing to do and the right way to go. And so I am working hard to make that as successful for as many students as possible. And, you know, it's just something that I keep on pushing for. And this K-12 magnet is a way for us to do the best kind of school that we possibly can um, with the talent that we have and meeting the needs of the families in our community. So kind of walk me through this. How does this happen? I know you've been uh, in Alaska for a while. You, you were a, a teacher and school leader in Utah before moving to Alaska. Does someone come to you and, and say, Mr. Jones, uh, we have this vision for a new school. Can you help us? Or what was the process to actually get the ball rolling? Well, you know, I think that that question is so important because you can't wait around um, for people to say, please go do this. You've got to have a vision and know where you're going to be able to achieve great things. And so for me, I've had this dream of doing a K-12 school since I applied to college and got rejected way back when I was a young man. And the school, I, I wrote in there that I wanted to create a K-12 school that would be totally different from what it is now. And you know, here we are many, many years later and I'm finally able to do that. So I've had this as a vision. I've had this as a goal for a long time. And it's taken me some time to get into the right place where the circumstances were right and the people were right. And we were able to, to start doing this. So I've, I've talked about my ideas for a long time. I've been, you know, out there kind of on the fringe in a lot of ways where, you know, sometimes people don't like the ideas that I have because I'm disrupting the status quo. And, um, and so I've just been open about that. Um, sometimes people hate me because I have these different ideas. Sometimes people love me because I have these different ideas. But if you have a vision and you can set your sights on that and work towards it, that's when the opportunities present themselves. If I didn't talk about this and have this as an idea, it would have never happened. And so I came to Fairbanks because we were doing a lot of stuff with personalized learning. I knew that that would be the kind of environment where I needed to be to reach my goal. And so I worked with um, my superintendent when I got here, told her what my vision was and started doing things to show her that I was capable of doing this. And so when the conversation started, then I was able to step in and say, 
I'm the perfect person to do this and I would happily take it on. And it's, you know, when, whenever there's a initiative or something that needs to happen, you can say you person go do this, or you can choose someone who is already excited and willing to do it. And in my situation, that's what happened. The superintendent saw that I was engaged and passionate about this and said, this is what we need. What do you think? I love the idea. And she had enough faith in me to let me run with it. And, um, and that's been a really positive thing also. You know, when I hear you talk about this project, I can tell how passionate you are about it. And it makes, <laughs> it makes me smile when I hear you say things like, uh, you know, disrupting the status quo. That's really the premise of my entire podcast of reimagining right. schools. And I know that's one of the reasons you wanted to get into podcasting and blogging and doing other things, you know, systematically, uh, you know, it's still frustrating to me that we're still locked into this old mindset that schools have to look a certain way and function a certain way. And what excites me is talking to people like you that say, you know what, wait a minute, let's try something different. Let's, let's take a different approach because this is not about what um, classrooms looked like 140 years ago. This is about 21st century kids. That's right. And that, that is the real important piece. And what I've learned very quickly is that not everybody is ready for that kind of a change. You know, people went to school when they were younger, they have an idea in their mind of what it's supposed to look like. And so it, it's a big deal for them to see and experience something different than what it is that they have experienced themselves. And so it, it's, it's a tough change um, because people don't like to change and they like to be familiar with things. And we have whole parts of our society that are totally based on, um, you know, the things that we do in school and people associate them with that. And so, you know, uh, I, I was looking in a, in a planner the other day for kids and it had all the periods laid out um, that they would go to in a school day and when you get, when you buy a planner for an adult, it doesn't have your schedule already pre-built in there for you. But we've had this system for so long of what it looks like in education that, you know, whole industries have cropped up around it. And it's, it's just very difficult to change. But the change is totally worth it because we see amazing things happen when we do change. And, you know, I've often thought if I ever had the chance to redesign a school or come in to transform a school, if you, if you will, you know, where would I begin? And, and I'm sure you've gone through that and you've had some probably lumps along the way. But, I mean, just to throw some things out at you, you know, you think about breaking the traditional mold. You think about what's doing best for kids and teachers um, in a digital climate. Um, you know, think about this idea that why do all eight-year-olds have to be in third grade? You know, why do we have to have every classroom with, with, uh, with desks and straight rows and the teacher delivering um, a lecture style uh, of instruction? You know, why can't we engage more in um, personalized learning, which you've talked about, or project-based learning? So I'm sure all these things have kind of fluttered about in your mind as, as you've had some of these conversations. So where are you at and how have those ideas been received? Yeah, so um, for me, it, it goes all the way back to having a vision for your school. And my vision for education is that we give kids what they need when they need it. 
and you know, a lot of times that is not the academic content. A lot of times it's the social emotional skills. It's the soft skills they need. It's, you know, giving them what they need when they need it. And it varies by student and by school. And so in, in the, those ideas that you talked about with personalized learning and things like that, um, when you talk to people one-on-one, nobody disagrees that that's what they want for their kid. Every parent I talk to says, I want you to give a personalized experience to my child. And they don't say it just like that, but that's what they want. Like we know that everybody wants their kid to be treated special and that they should because every person is special. Every person is a unique and wonderful human being that deserves respect and kindness and a personalized plan for them to help them learn what they need to learn to be successful in their life. And so, you know, we have, we have these big, huge standards, you know, for math and science and reading and, and everything. And they, they don't take into account who the kid is sitting in front of us. That's where we need to start. And, and so when you ask, how are these things received? You know, every single parent that I talk to, when I say, this is what we're trying to do, we're trying to give your kid what your kid needs when your kid needs it. They're like, yes, I don't want anything else. Um, but then that, that cognitive dissonance of sometimes that means that, you know, they're, they're not getting the same academic stuff as everybody else because they actually don't need that. So can we accelerate them? Do we need to hold them back a little bit in certain areas? How do we need to adjust for them? But that's what every single parent wants. Now, when you actually go and make those changes, not every parent loves that you're making those changes because they want to see their child as special in a different way. Like my kid is gifted. So my kid needs to have these experiences that not other kids have when in reality, everybody benefits from those varied experiences that are different. And, and that's what we need to keep pushing for. I'm not sure if that answered your question or not, but yeah, I think that's great. Uh, I'm talking with Jethro Jones today, outstanding middle school principal from Fairbanks, Alaska. And this is our simulcast between reimagined schools podcast and the transformative principal. And um, I'll ask you one more question. Then I'll kind of let you take the lead here uh, for the last part of the podcast. I know you have an extensive background in technology, and, and that's something that I know is near and dear to your heart. You even have a fantastic iBook out called The Paperless Principle, and, and folks, you can get that at JethroJones.com. Where does technology fit into this idea of reimagining schools? Well, technology is really a force multiplier. If you're a really good teacher, technology can make you even better. But if you're a bad teacher, technology just makes you a worse teacher. And the same with a principal, same with a human being, like technology can bring out the highlights and lowlights of everybody. And, you know, we see that all the time on social media. And what we need to do is we need to implement technology when it's appropriate and not just for technology's sake. So my librarian um, at Runner Girl T on Twitter, she is just amazing and does so many wonderful things. And she has all this technology information in her head and is ready to like give it at a moment's notice, but she doesn't shove it down 
people's throats and say, you have to use this technology tool, you know? So like we were talking the other day about Flipgrid and she was saying, I'm like Flipgrid is so popular right now and everybody's using it. But what I really want is for people to, I want to solve a problem for people so that, so that they have an opportunity to say, this is my problem. And then I can present a tech tool that will solve it. And that is really what I believe. So you, you brought up paperless principle um, in the district that I was in when I wrote that, that was exactly what I needed to do my job because we were so paper heavy and there was so much like all these things that we need to document and write down and then communicate. And so you'd write it down on the paper and then you would then write it in an email to the parent and then write it in an email to the teacher. And it was like, it was so crazy because it, it was just too much. And so I wrote that book because I needed to find some processes to make my life better. And in the districts that I went to after that, we haven't been as paper dependent. And so I haven't needed that as much as I needed it then. I still use a lot of the same practices and things. One thing that is just, in my opinion, the greatest use of technology is automating things that can be automated. So, you know, we had a lot of kids on behavior trackers and, um, you know, seeing how their behavior was throughout the day. And then somehow those, those papers didn't get home, but we needed to make sure the parents knew how they were doing. And so I was able to create a little rule where I would scan it into the computer and it would shoot that off to the parents so that by the time the kid got to the car, when the parent was picking them up, the parent would have that email on their phone they'd be able to see it and see how the kid's day went before the kid even got into the car so that they didn't waste their time arguing or fighting about how their day went. They would know already and then they'd be able to ask questions that would help them have a positive relationship and not be always focusing on the negative. And that's, that's one little piece from six years ago that I still use as much as I possibly can. You gotta find ways to make it so that school is not a contentious issue with parents and students, but that it is something that they can talk about in an excited way that they can be passionate themselves as parents and as students about what they're learning and how things are going in school. So, so let's transition a little bit here and let, you can take the mic and kind of speak directly to your listeners uh, with transformative principle and, and of course, listen to new listeners with reimagined schools and kind of, um, you know, tell me what's on your mind today. Um, so what's really on my mind is this idea of, um, of, of what we're doing with the K-12 Magnet School. It's going to be um, competency-based. Uh, it's going to be um, kids are going to move at the level that's appropriate for them. And then there's going to be this big social-emotional component. And, you know, for in my family, every Sunday we have a family council and we set goals about what we're going to accomplish that week. And um, last year for 2018, we decided to start setting uh, yearly goals. And this year we've adopted monthly goals with our kids. And I got to tell you, Greg, the, the, the growth that I've seen in my kids from setting goals and, you know, thinking about who they are and taking that social emotional piece with my own children of like, thinking about the kind of people they want to become and the kind of people I want them to become, we've got to 
do that more in schools because the growth is amazing. Just a, a quick story. Um, my son, who is eight years old, he set a goal to um, be able to go to school without feeling anxious about it um, because he struggled with that. He's felt anxiety about going to school. And he set that goal by himself. I didn't tell him, this is what you need to do. He saw something in his life that he wasn't happy with and he wanted to change it. And each one of my kids, I've got four of them, they've each gone through something like that. And I've started doing that with kids at school where I, I ask them to set goals about the kinds of things that they are interested in and especially things that are that are personal to them and seeing the growth when we when we ask kids to do that is just amazing and it's so fascinating because like people have been learning and growing for thousands of years without a formal educational system and we have this innate desire to do that and so what we need to do is unlock that and our current model of schools doesn't unlock it. It, I think it in fact um, tries to eliminate it, that it takes away that curiosity, it takes away that drive, and it makes it so that they are only looking to do what the teacher says to do, which is not a healthy way to live and it's not a good way to live. They need to be self-motivated, self-determined. They need to make their own future, not you know leave it up to somebody else telling them what they should and should not do. And, you know, I couldn't agree more because, you know, the, the traditional schoolhouse is such a controlled environment uh, from the time kids get there in the morning to the time they leave at three 30 or whenever we tell them what to do constantly. And then as they become adults, we expect them to be able to make their own decisions and become critical thinkers. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I love this idea that you're giving these students, probably young students, a little bit of ownership to say, hey, this is what I believe, this is what I have an interest in, this is my passion, and I, I think we just need to stop and listen to kids sometimes. I think the mm -hmm. adults just need to get out of the way and listen more to kids because, you know, kids, if we give them the opportunity, they will surprise you. Yeah, absolutely. They do all the time, and we, we rarely give them authentic opportunities to do that, and we need to do more of that, and it's tough because teachers don't want to let go of control. They want to maintain that control. And much of our system is designed for that to happen. And if we can let loose a little bit, we can see some success. One quick story. And then I have a question for you at the end of it. Um, we have some students at my school uh, who are working on what we call synergy, which is this student driven time during the day, twice a week where they come up with their own projects and there's very, very little adult interaction. It is almost all, um, you know, kids choosing what they're going to do and how they do it. And it's really awesome. And I love it. Um, so we have some kids who are doing all these different kinds of amazing things that are not related to school at all. And yet they're learning so much from that process. Some of them fail at it and they don't do a good job and they don't create anything meaningful and so then they get disbanded and we tackle a new project with them and what i've seen from this you know we started this year and and the whole first semester i was like i'm ready to pull the plug i'm ready to pull the plug because it's a lot of time and you know it's not what school usually is and so there's no test scores associated with it they don't 
get a grade. They get everybody gets a passing grade for it, and um, there's no there's no incentive for them to do it other than they want to. And and as I do this, um, I'm like I'm ready to pull the plug as soon as like something bad happens or it's not going to work or we see that too many kids are not being successful. But after the first semester, when we had the students all present what they were doing, um, <laughs> there were so many kids doing awesome things that I couldn't, I couldn't pull the plug on it because kids were like volunteering at a neighborhood school, bringing kids over from that school to learn things in our gym, volunteering out in the community, doing all these kinds of different things that, that they just wouldn't have been able to do in a regular school day and yet here they are anxiously engaged in something that is meaningful to them and meaningful to the community and it, it's just an awesome experience so very cool very exciting so my question for you now is what is it that we should be focusing on as we are doing these new and innovative things in our schools um, as you know, I'm doing this K-12 and like, where, where should I be um, putting my emphasis to make sure that it is a school that's reimagined in the best way possible? Well, you know, first of all, I love the idea of giving kids choice. And, and that's kind of what you're doing there with that uh, non-traditional genius hour. Some people call it 20% time. Yep. Give yep. them an opportunity to find their passion and explore those things. And, and I think that's a great approach because we have to get kids excited about school. And I don't know what it is about uh, as kids get older and they move up to different grade levels. Uh, you know, I have a, a nephew, a great nephew that just started kindergarten a couple years ago. He was so excited about school, everything from riding the school bus to eating lunch in the cafeteria. You know, now he's in second grade and you can't get him out of bed. And so yeah. what, what has happened during that two-year period to go from this tremendous love for going to school every day to now it's just become a chore. Is it because we're forcing him to do things that he's not interested in? So that's, that's probably the first thing that jumps off the page to me. The other thing is we spend so much time asking kids to memorize useless material and to put them through this chapter or that chapter of the test te textbook, because we think that's what we're supposed to do, especially young teachers do this. And, uh, we, we have to do a better job in our teacher ed programs at the college level, and I'm part of that in my job now in higher ed, but let's teach life skills. Let's teach kids mm -hmm. how to change a flat tire. Could you imagine, uh, you know, if you were driving down the road and you had a flat tire all of a sudden, you know, could the 16 and 17-year-old students today in our high schools be able to do that? Um, you know, instead of teaching advanced uh, math skills, and I'm not saying that's not important for some professions you know, if you're an engineering student, you need to have that foundation of, of uh, advanced math skills. But let's teach kids how to manage their own money. Let's talk about credit card debt. Let's talk about the Dave Ramsey concept of debt in general. Let's talk yeah. about how to, how to actually get a loan and buy a house. You know, I think we spend too much time, you know, dealing with things that I don't want to say that they don't matter, but aren't as important as we think about preparing kids for their future as adults. And that's just kind of my take on it. Yeah. And the reality is, is that they're not important, Greg. And we think they're important because we teach them every day. But the reality is, is that they're not. I mean, you can ask anybody and I do it all the time. Give me of all the things that you remember from your childhood education. What do you remember? 
everybody always says the teachers that cared about them that they liked, right? Nobody remembers a specific lesson or a specific concept. Um, that, that just doesn't happen. One, one little thing academic wise that I have kept is writing in outline format when I'm taking notes. And at some point, someone, I don't know who, somebody taught that to me and that has stuck around. That's great. Now, imagine if I had been taught Cornell notes when I was a kid. Imagine if I had been taught a, any other like visual note taking. I don't see myself as an artist, but what if I had been taught that when I was in kindergarten that when the teacher reads a story, I draw pictures to help me remember the story. Like how different would that be if if that was a skill that I could start developing in kindergarten? Just exposure to those things would be amazing. And so instead of saying like, this is all we can teach what's in this curriculum thing, let's really think about the things that people actually remember from their educational careers. And it's not the content that they're taught. Nearly everybody forgets that as soon as it is over. And there's plenty of studies to show that when you take a test, you know, if you took the same test three months later, you do awful on it. I totally agree with that. I'd fail almost every single one of my, <laughs> any tests that they give me from you know, any of my college classes, I'm sure I'd fail them at this point. Yeah. And, you know, uh, our colleagues, friends and colleagues, at least on social media, Jeff Zul and Jimmy Casas have a new book out mm -hmm. called Stop Right Now. And it's not necessarily about what innovative things you need to incorporate into your school. It's a list of, I think, 38 things that we have to stop doing. I mean, there are a lot of things mm -hmm. that we do that just make no sense. You know, why do we give times tests uh, to elementary mm -hmm. students? Does it really matter how quickly you can turn in your uh, multiplication tables, or is it more important that you spend the time and get it done right? You know, why do we spend um, three weeks uh, in the elementary school level memorizing states and capitals when all you have to do is ask Siri? The world has mm -hmm. changed, and we have to change with it. We have to, we have to create, um, you know, opportunities for kids that are relevant to their world, and I think we're missing that a lot of times. Yeah, I, I totally agree wholeheartedly. And on that piece about like time tests, um, you know, m one of my teachers has kids memorize um, uh, different countries in different parts of the world. And, um, and so then she gives them an online quiz that is, you know, just out there. You can search for online quiz for the countries of Europe or whatever, and you'll find it and then you're able to take it. So what I do um, is I like to go in there when she's doing that. And then I, I take the test myself and then dare any student to beat me at that test. And um, I, I don't think that, you know, this is a particularly meaningful thing, but to make it meaningful to these kids, I give them an opportunity to beat the principal at knowing this information. And then, you know, I don't get a great score usually, you know, like 80 to 90%, but kids who are struggling, it motivates them to actually care about it and actually try it, you know? And so what, what's so funny is that I go in there and I'm like, Hey, I'm going to take this test and here's what I got. I don't think any of you could beat me. And they're like, Oh yeah, watch me. Especially those kids who are like the troublemakers and who want like any opportunity to try to beat the principal. Like they get in there and they get excited about it. And these kids are like, never in class they're always trying to get out of it always trying to do something different and here's this great opportunity i walk in throw out a challenge and then they they go after it not because they want to learn the 
the countries, but because there's now a relevant reason for them to do it. And, and so I, I love doing that and throwing the kids off because, you know, they think I'm just a dumb old man. And in a lot of ways I am, but you know, at least, at least we can get some competition going. Well, this has been fun and I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, again, this is our uh, simulcast uh, between the Reimagine Schools podcast and Transformative Principal. Jethro Jones, an outstanding middle school principal in Alaska, is the host of Transformative Principal. You certainly want to check that out. And thanks, Jethro. It's been fun. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. All right. We'll talk soon and keep us updated on your K-12 magnet school progress. We're excited about it. I sure will. Thank you. Well, as we wrap up the show, folks, it was a pleasure to have a few moments to talk with Jethro Jones about his journey as they're reimagining what they can do with a new K-12 magnet school. And I can't wait to get an update and find out what's going on there in Fairbanks, Alaska. If you'd like to learn more, Jethro sending out regular updates via his email list. And all you have to do to sign up is go to transformativeprincipal.org to stay in the loop about what's going on with this amazing school project. So with that, folks, as always, I want to thank you for being a loyal listener to the Reimagined Schools podcast. I also want to encourage all of my listeners to jump on and add Transformative Principal to your playlist. It will certainly be worth your time. And with that, folks, remember, always do what you can in your school and community to create better schools for kids. Thank you for listening to the Reimagined Schools podcast with Dr. Greg Goins. Be sure to continue the conversation on social media with the Reimagined Schools hashtag and subscribe to the podcast at reimaginedschools.net. You can also help support this podcast by clicking on the listener support link and making a small monthly contribution. Contact Dr. Greg Goins today to invite him to speak or present at your next education conference or professional development day. Please send inquiries to drgreggoins at gmail.com or on Twitter at Dr. Greg Goins.